they're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop, because we're going to get tested on it. If, we, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to test us on it. Conspiracy Gangster, with your host, Sean Chris. The Secret Service found what's believed to be a bag of cocaine at the White House. The substance described as powdery and cocaine-like was found on Sunday evening in the West Wing by Secret Service officers. The Secret Service is investigating the discovery of a small plastic bag. Lab tests are being and a field test came back positive for cocaine. The substance was found in a small dime-sized bag. It's kind of poetic sense they would use a library to do drugs instead of to read books. In the Work area. It's understood was found in a small Ziploc bag. The White House is drowning in medical toxicity. Got a dose of actual toxicity with a hazmat scare. The was found. Wouldn't be a thumping July Fourth weekend without Hunter Biden ripping lines all over the A white powder found inside the White House has been identified as cocaine. in the West Wing triggered a brief lockdown and evacuation. Hey, what is up? This is the first edition of Conspiracy Gangster. I'm your host, Sean Chris. Uh, by now, you know that we are both, me and Joel Thomas, have our solo shows that we're just working on. And uh, this is mine. I've been taking a little bit of time to put it together. And uh, basically, it's us going off on topics that we don't always get to hit up on. You know, Ginger Snaps speaks for itself. A Ginger Snappy, you know. You got Joel Thomas just killing it sometimes on some uh, issues he'd like to bring up. And uh, instead of putting it on Twitter or Instagram, a lot of times we'd like to just air it out on the podcast. I'll be doing a similar thing on Conspiracy Gangster. Uh, my style is going to be the same style I always come with. Humor, truth, and I don't give a fuck attitude. Uh, just a little backstory. The way I got the name Conspiracy Gangster is actually from one of, I forgot who exactly, but someone left a comment and says, ignore the gangster shit. And I hear a lot of stuff like that. And I thought, you know what? We are outlaws. I am an outlaw. And, uh, you know, we're the truther gang. We're here together. We're here to knock shit out and expose a lot of this bullshit that's going on. So let's get everything out in front like we always like to do. You can, Every Monday, you can check out Ginger Snaps, a new episode with Joel Thomas. Once a month, Shadow Band Syndicate with Juan Ayala, Joel Thomas, and Sean Chris. Once a month, Floating Mushrooms with Justin and Jay from Cryptids in the Corn, and of course, me and Joel Thomas. And then Conspiracy Gangster, which will drop, mm, I think, Wednesdays for now, but that may change. Everything's subject to change. And, of course, you'll get your classic Kill the Mockingbirds episode every Thursday. I appreciate all y'all. And uh, you know what? Let's get into the show. Now, I know that wasn't a, that was a little unorthodox. I'm still working on the intro, trying to get everything together. But one thing I'd like to say before we really, really get into the, the whole spiel of things is don't forget, get your tickets, the 40 and Airwaves Ultimate Podcast Conference with Kill the Mockingbirds, Cryptids of the Corn, Uncomfortable, Appalachians Intelligent, Hollow Skies, and Bump Podcast just recently uh, joined on board. That's October 6th, 7th, and 8th. More details. We got a little episode that we did. I think it was like a little five-minute spiel on it. Go check out KillTheMockingbirds.com if you want more information. Don't forget to check out Sean Chris, Joel Thomas on all your streaming platforms. But enough of that. Let's get right into it. So as you can see, the way I did my intro, since I don't really have an intro yet, I jumped off with the whole Hunter Biden. Oh, I don't know if it was Hunter Biden, but we, we could assume that it's Hunter Biden. And I have a little bit of update. By the time this airs, I'm sure the update will change or 
I know they're arguing. Was it in the West Wing? Was it in the East Wing? Did the cameras get it? Well, here's a little clip that uh, we got that the update from the Central Broadcasting Network, you know, CBS White House cocaine update. The bag was discovered on the ground floor in a common area near the entry to the West Wing, not far from the Situation Room. It was close to a set of storage cubbies where visitors leave their cell phones during a tour. The Secret Service is leading the investigation looking at visitor logs and camera surveillance. There are camera systems that they'll go back as a part of this investigation and research. Not every camera is trained on everybody at every minute. So there's always going to be a possibility that... uh, You know, this could go unanswered. White House visitors undergo background checks and go through magnetometers on site. But the Secret Service does not have canine units that target illegal drugs. Instead, the dogs search for explosives, biohazardous materials and weapons. This episode shines a light on the fact that you can bring in illegal substances into the White House. So what's preventing a visitor from bringing in anthrax or something that's not magnetic into the White House? I totally understand the question, but it is under investigation. So we're going to let the Secret Service do their job. I'm just not going to get ahead of of if or, or whens or changes. Well, folks, if you wanted to bring blow into the White House, now's your chance. No more just saying no, I guess, right? And I'm not one to talk. I mean, we all have our own little parties. I like to drink. I like to smoke some weed. So, I mean, somebody wants to take a bump from time to time. Doesn't really bother me. I just find it funny that if I try to steal a bag of M&Ms at Walmart, they're going to get me right away. But any politician or anybody in the White House, and that for that matter, on those sections... Because if it was me or you, they'd have us on camera and we'd be busted. But, you know, just another rule for thee and not for me. I didn't want to get too much into it because uh, I just found it hilarious. And it, it's something the maybe distraction, like people like to say, it could be possible. But I just find it funny that they're always bringing up something that if we did it, we'd be in a whole different, uh, uh, you know, boat. We'd be done. We know that. We'd be done for sure. Just like I talked to... Uh, about an episode, about I think a couple episodes ago, about Hunter Biden and his tax evasion. Right, he's only paying a hundred thousand on one point five mil, no penalties. It's such a low percentage, so it just tells you the the sphere of things and what we're going through in life. And like I said, I think the just say no days are gone, which is kind of weird for me because I kind of like the idea of letting people decide for themselves. But to help out, you're supposed to raise the quality of life, which is not happening. But we're seeing this push for harder drugs and what people should be on. And I I think it's just it's a mess. It's a little bit of a mess. And here's Oregon. Now they're to distribute tinfoil, straws, fentanyl users in harmful production effort. A new controversial strategy to address the drug crisis is being rolled out by Multnomah County this month. Amid rising overdose deaths, today Public Health Director Jessica Guernsey confirmed the county will begin providing smoking supplies like tinfoil and straws, along with pipes and snorting kits to drug users as part of their existing harm reduction program. The new part of the program is that we're adding supplies for people who smoke drugs. Um, We've seen a shift in um, injection from injection drug use to smoking drug use so that we can engage people who may not otherwise um, uh, engage in services. We're told this addition comes at the request of the county's public health team just a little more than a week after they presented on the success of their syringe exchange program. Still, not all are convinced this is a good use of taxpayer dollars. Like Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, who stated today, quote, I adamantly oppose distributing paraphernalia to encourage using a drug that is the leading cause of death for Americans under 50 and responsible for 190 fatal overdoses a day in the U.S. This misguided approach also results in a greater risk to public safety for those who simply want to enjoy our city without walking through a cloud of toxic smoke. As one of those responsible for this recommendation, we asked Guernsey for a response to the mayor's concerns. I follow the science and the science tells us that programs like syringe exchange and harm reduction saves lives. And that's what we do in public health. I think that's a shared interest we have. And, um, you know, I know some of these methods can be controversial, but that's what we're really looking at. We're looking at the severe 
you know, risk of overdose and death and um, using the science to build a bridge to prevent that. Oh, don't worry. They got the science ready for y'all, right? Again, um, in some senses, like I believe in decriminalizing all drugs, but I also believe that they should raise the quality of life for everybody, which seems like it's not happening. This instance kind of seems like another population control that they just want to kill us all off. <laughs> they want to get a reason to have more people die. I mean, could be, could be not, but it just seems that way that like, oh, here, just smoke some fentanyl. That'd be good for you. But now it's time to get into some mm, biodynamics. Woo. Let's send our money to Ukraine. Come on. You dropped the bomb on me, baby. You dropped the bomb on me. You dropped the bomb on me, baby. You dropped the bomb on me. Hey. So if you haven't heard, what's going down now is not only how we sent like, I don't even know. What is the tally by now, man? It's like a hundred billion or I really don't know. I know it's like hundred over a hundred billion. I'd say maybe even more, maybe maybe 200 billion, maybe even more. Someone fact check me on that because I really don't know. But we've sent tons of money to Ukraine. But the, like the fact checkers will say, we've sent them ammunition and weapons and we're deducting that. You know, we found 1.6 more billion to give to them. But now they're running out of so much ammunition, they have to resort to tactics that the evil red machine is doing themselves. The cluster bombs, which has been banned with all, I think all of our allies have banned it. And it's just universally known to hurt civilians. And it's being allowed to be given to Ukraine because Russia is using it too. I have a few clips that I wanted to get into to talk about this. This right here first is CBS Morning Cluster Bombs Ukraine Bomblet. So he's going to describe about it. You can hear, you'll hear the background bombing and trying to hype people up for more war terrifying lethal and highly effective ukraine is no stranger to cluster bombs both sides have been accused of deploying them since russia launched its invasion with devastating effect it's a weapon that breaks up mid-air as it approaches its target ejecting a number of smaller explosives or bomblets scattering indiscriminately across an area that can stretch to the size of several football fields most of those explosives detonate but not all posing a threat to the civilian population long after the war is ended especially children here in Kharkiv, investigators have built a mountain of Russian munitions and evidence of their use in civilian areas. These are just some of the Russian cluster bombs that have been recovered here in the Kharkiv region. And this is an example of a detonated bomblet, which would have been packed with explosives. Ukraine says it needs the help in a stalled counteroffensive against entrenched Russian troops backing the White House's argument that the use of the controversial weapons is on Ukraine's watch. Ukraine would not be using these munitions in some foreign land. This is their country they're defending. These are their citizens they're protecting. The prosecutor's office told us tonight the Ukrainian military will have to do all it can to avoid their use in urban areas. Now, this latest aid package, $800 million, brings the U.S. total to more than $41 billion since the That can't be began. right. The, the number of 40, $41 billion, it has to be way more than that. But when they say civilians will be killed, it's kind of like similar like the landmines as well. Like, you know, they, they kind of got rid of that because it lasts forever. It kills people, kills civilians, innocent people that have nothing to do with the war. And it will kill innocent Russians and it will kill innocent Ukrainians and anybody else that's on that side. So... The fact that the, we're allowing this to happen is remarkable to me, that nobody's giving really much pushback. I saw Rashid Tlaib, um, who I don't really even like anyways, but at least she was talking about it, kind of giving some pushback, but on Twitter. She's not actually pushing any agenda to actually get shit done. She's just mouthing off, social justice warrior style, nothing really happening. Well, we had good old Jake Sullivan, 
the national security advisor of the United States of America. He wanted to bring in what they're talking about. And what you hear is basically Russia's doing it, so we should be able to do it. First, we base our security assistance decision on Ukraine's needs on the ground. And Ukraine needs artillery to sustain its offensive and defensive operations. Artillery is at the core of this conflict. Ukraine is firing thousands of rounds a day to defend against Russian efforts to advance and also to support its own efforts to retake its sovereign territory. We have provided Ukraine with a historic amount of unitary artillery rounds, and we are ramping up domestic production of these rounds. We've already seen substantial increases in production, but this process will continue to take time, and it will be critical to provide Ukraine with a bridge of supplies while our domestic production is ramped up. We will not leave Ukraine defenseless at any point in this conflict, period. Translation, they will fill the uh, Ukrainians with uh, whatever kind of ammunition they can until they can ramp up the military industrial complex once again to give more ammunitions. It's like they want to extend this war for a long time. And there is a, a, they were talking a little bit about some of the things that are going on and the destabilization of Europe and trying to disrupt a lot. They got Sweden trying to get into NATO and urging to have Ukraine and NATO. It's looking like they're trying to destabilize Europe more and more each and every day. Second, Russia has been using cluster munitions since the start of this war to attack Ukraine. Russia has been using cluster munitions with high dud or failure rates of between 30 and 40 percent. In this environment, Ukraine has been requesting cluster munitions in order to defend its own sovereign territory. The cluster munitions that we would provide have dud rates far below what Russia is doing, is, is providing, not higher than 2.5 percent. So let me get this straight. You've heard it all over on every single news network. Now, Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, is saying, hey, Russia's doing it, so we're going to give it to Ukraine, and they could do the same thing, but ours have less dud rating, and ours are better, and we're number one, and that's okay for us to do that. It's just ridiculous that the administration's talking like this, and it almost feels like the setup of making Biden look like this, either this monster, not necessarily a monster, but just a stumbling fool through the whole time. And now using weapons that are banned and, and, and pretty much frowned upon by our own allies and nobody's saying anything. And I think at some point that's going to get Putin, Xi Jinping, they're going to have the opportunity to be like, oh, look at America. Do as we say, not as we do. That's going to be the mentality. Let me just finish up with Jakey, oh boy, his last third on cluster munitions. Third, we are closely coordinating with Ukraine as it has requested these munitions. Ukraine is committed to post-conflict demining efforts to mitigate any potential harm to civilians. And this will be necessary regardless of whether the United States provides these munitions or not because of Russia's widespread use of cluster munitions. Hmm. Still blaming Russia. It's it's just crazy how it goes over and over again. We heard about Russia the whole time when Trump was in office. And then finally, the the seeds of war that they planted back in 2014 with Victoria Nuland saying, fuck the EU. You know what I mean? That's really where it all started from. And they're talking about the reason why they're saying it's okay for us to give these uh, cluster munitions is because the dud rate. Here's another one from the BBC. I mean, in March last year, um, America's UN ambassador criticized Russia for its deployment of cluster munitions, saying they had no place on the battlefield. Quite an, uh, an about turn by the Biden administration, this. The Russian um, uh, cluster munitions have about a 30 to 40 percent dud rate. Okay, They're spreading unexploded ordnance all over Ukraine. The, the weapons that we are sending have a dud rate of just over 1%, which is a dramatic difference in, in the two weapons. And you can already hear the lies. He's saying 1%. I think uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was saying like 1% to 2 Jakey Boy was saying 2.5%. What they're saying is that the dud rate is that theirs are ac more accurate than the Russians, and the Russians are causing more harm to civilians. But we all know... It's happening to all of us. I mean, I mean, it's happening to everybody. Whoever's using those weapons, it's going to kill civilians, innocent civilians. There's nothing to debate, right? At that point, if you ask me, 
So let's take a little trip down to memory lane. To my friend Joel Thomas's crush, though, the woman he's been, you know, go to the website, killthemockingbirds.com, hashtag save gingers, and look for that petition to say bring back Saki Bomb. But here is Jen Saki in 2022. If the Russian Jews cluster ammunition, it's a war crime. Hmm, that's interesting, right? That's exactly what she said in 2022 before she left. And now the administration is saying something different. There are reports of illegal cluster bombs and vacuum bombs being used by the Russians. Uh, If that's true, what is the next step of this administration? And is there a red line for how much violence uh, will be tolerated against civilians in this manner that's illegal and potentially a war crime? It is. It would be. I don't have any confirmation of that. We have seen the reports. Uh, if if that were true, it would potentially be a war crime. Obviously, there are a range of international fora that would assess that. Um, so certainly, we would look to that to be a part of that conversation. So State Department's Box Miller, he was talking to the press, and is this the Freudian slip? Like, what's really going on? And he does it twice. That's the the hilarious part. And this is the kind of stuff we've been seeing with this Biden administration. But let's hear. What he's got to say, the Freudian slip. With respect to your first question, we believe the war has been a strategic failure for Ukraine. Uh, The secretary spoke to this in a speech he gave in Helsinki uh, last month, I believe it was. Uh, What's that? I'm sorry. Excuse me. A strategic failure for for Ukraine. Uh, Thank you for the correction. Um, uh, Which is, oh, I I, I need more than one correction today. A strategic, this is the first time at the podium for for a week. I'm a little, I'm apparently a little little rusty. rusty, huh? I guess that's what you call it. Knock that rust off, Spock Smiller. Get it right. So, I mean, he's probably right, though. Ukraine is losing the war. Let's move on to another story that's not being talked about too much. In the Western media, as a lot of people like to say, around the globe. But what's going on in France? A little backstory for some of you that don't know. There was a young Muslim teen that was stopped by police. Um, I guess he was stopped multiple times. You know, you hear the stories like, doesn't have a criminal record from what I have kind of looked into. But it's kind of similar to maybe like a George Floyd-ish type of situation. And he was in his car and I guess they were trying to give him a ticket, maybe a citation or maybe jail time. I don't really know. It's unclear because no one's really talked about it too much exactly what happened. But he tried to go forward and then the cops shot him and killed him. Point blank, point blank range in the chest. Ensued nothing but chaos after right you know the working class people are upset they're uh using that same thing saying uh, you know him being a muslim and and being darker skin and france is an inherently racist country kind of this attack on the western world and what's really happening though right maybe this is part of that reset they have to get rid of the old europe and start connecting these dots because to me, it's just a bunch of crime families and people are trying to fatten their pockets and everybody has their own personal agenda. Not everything is in tied. Not everything is tied together. Everybody has their own little piece of what they're trying to take care of. And I think the goal, in my opinion, is to consolidate wealth and consolidate power. So that's a little bit backstory of what was going on in France. Here's uh, the good old sound effects to hype you of France 24. Tonight, France is a country on the edge as another wave of violent protests erupts across the nation. Demonstrators outraged following the death of 17-year-old Nael, who was shot by a police officer during a traffic stop. Over 900 people were arrested on the third night of protests, according to France's interior ministry as tens of thousands of riot police descend on cities and towns throughout the country. French towns were set ablaze. Thousands of buses and cars burned. Fireworks launched at police. Some stores in central Paris looted. The construction site of the 2024 Olympic pool also engulfed in flames. Justice for Nael! Justice for Nael! 
Nael's mother led a march in their hometown with scores of people chanting justice for Nael. Speaking out in an interview on French TV, she said, I don't blame the police. I blame one person, the one who took my son's life. That officer charged with homicide, and he's currently in custody. The French government attempting to regain control by suspending all public transportation today in anticipation of more riots. France's President Emmanuel Macron calling on parents to help stop the chaos, saying a third of those arrested last night were young people, sometimes very young. It's the parents' responsibility to keep them at home. Macron blaming social media for fueling the frenzy, but he's also facing backlash online after attending an Elton John concert amid the nationwide unrest. French officials desperate to quell the violence, but bracing for another night of destruction as the nation continues in turmoil. So doesn't it seem like it's a takedown of Macron after he was getting buddy buddies with Xi Jinping over there? I think that it's some kind of takedown and there's some memo. I don't have it with me at the moment, but there's a memo that was leaked on WikiLeaks. I'm going to find it and post it on uh, the Telegram most likely, or maybe even the uh, killthemockingbirds.com. And these cables talk about how they're undermining Macron and it sounds like it's going to be a regime change. That's what it sounds like to me. Like what we hear in Iran, Iraq, Libya, like you name it, it's the same method. So What's happening there reminded me a lot of what happened during the George Floyd um, riots, protests, whatever we want to call it. People get upset either way. Like if you call it a riot, people on the far left or left, they get upset, say it wasn't a riot. People that if you call it a protest, people on the right get pissed off saying hey, it wasn't a protest, it was a riot. Look, man, it was a bunch of young kids that were locked in their houses for a couple months. This incident happened that they repeatedly over and over and over again showed on television same thing they're doing over there you had the media train right behind it hyping it up getting people riled up telling them what they were supposed to think and why this was happening and just to show you a little further that's a little bit you know kind of correlates to what happened over here here's another clip i got francis deeply entrenched with colonial mindset this is what uh I forgot her name. I think she, I believe she says it inside the, um, inside the video. She says who she is. You know me, I'm not the greatest with names, but she's a sociologist and she is basically saying France is just as racist as America. Dr. Fleming, thank you so much for your time this evening. Uh, I think it's, safe to say that the images of police brutality here in France have shocked European audiences. As an American, I wanted to get your take on what you've seen in the last few days and how it compares to the to the US there. Uh, thanks for having me and also for making clear I am a sociologist. Um, so, of course, there are a lot of parallels between what we're seeing in France, the rise of police shootings that have disproportionately targeted uh, black French people who are Arab or black, uh, that is similar to what we see in the United States and in other countries where biases in policing and in police violence reflect the biases of the broader society. Um, one of the differences with France is that there is a really deeply rooted denial of the cause of uh, the specific killing of Niall himself, but also these broader issues of discrimination. It's just this deeply entrenched, really colonial mindset that prevents French authorities from admitting that racism is to play, but also that, that that racism is rooted in, again, France's history of colonization. Another one. You know, we get another one. So you hear the same thing, kind of reminded me of uh, that, what's her name, D'Angelo, whatever, that white fragility that wrote that stupid book that she was racist, didn't want to go to barbecue. So she got, she inherently thought, oh, that means all white people are racist. Kind of the same spiel. They're trying to put the French people down like, hey man, they're white nationalists, the same, like they're doing everywhere. They have this, it seems like it's almost like this worldwide civil war and civil unrest they're trying to do in each country to divide it so much. I think we all have some kind of weird fraction where we're all fighting against each other. But while that was happening, I don't know how much power they have with this. It remains to be seen. But France passes a bill to allow police remote 
remotely activate phone, camera, microphone, spy on people, right? Here we go with a little clip with it. Days after violence erupted in France, the French Senate has now passed a controversial law granting a sweeping powers to police authority. This after the country was engulfed in riots after the police fatally shot a teenager in a Paris suburb city. According to reports, French police can now spy on suspects by remotely activating cameras, microphones, and the GPS location system of a phone. Devices can be remotely activated to record images as well as sound. This technology will be employed to track suspects in the spotlight for terror offenses, delinquency, and organized crime. The law also states that covering the cameras and microphones of electronic devices can empower the police to geolocate certain suspects who are potentially liable to receive five years of jail time or more as punishment. In a Senate debate, lawmakers from President Macron's party widely supported the bill. Members of parliament argued that the remote spying will be used when justified by the nature and seriousness of the crime. The use of remote spying shall be approved by a judge and maximum duration of surveillance should not exceed more than six months. Sensitive professions such as doctors, journalists, lawyers, judges, and MPs shall be exempt from the provisions of this. France's Minister of Justice issued a statement to dispel concerns. He said, and this is a quote, We are far away from the totalitarianism of George Orwell's 1984, unquote. Oh, shit! <laughs> so they're trying to downplay it and saying, yeah, I like the theory he came up with or kind of piecing things together. He said, well, how are they accessing these things? You know, Apple is not going to just give people permission to access their phone, access their microphone, their camera, like their geolocation. Some of the things maybe, but what he came up with, I thought was genius. It's the apps, Facebook, Instagram, threads, Twitter, Etc., etc., all the social media apps, Snapchat, they ask for permission to get your microphone, your camera, your contacts, your geolocation. They have all your data. So then they're going to turn around and sell it to the government. I think that is exactly what would happen. And what is happening? That's all they're catching people. It's not necessarily the phone companies. So I think it's too much for them to get into. And I think they have their, their brands to protect. But the social media companies, we are willingly giving them all that information and saying, it's okay, use it. Don't worry about it. I think it's something that we need to be careful of. Puts us into that whole social credit era of uh, China and things of that nature. But moving on, UN PAC for the future seeks Permanent emergency powers of complex global shocks. The Federalist reports the plan is to be finalized at a September 24th summit of the future, where the UN will adopt a pact for the future to include policies that have been outlined in the globalist body, our common agenda report. One such policy policy is an emergency platform during any events that have a global impact that would provide the UN the authority to actively promote and drive an international response that places the principles of equality and solidarity at the center of its work. The report notes that some details of the emergency platform were outlined in a paper from March with the UN Secretary General declaring, I propose that the General Assembly provide the Secretary General and the United Nations system with a standing authority to convene and operationalize automatically an emergency platform. Paper gives several examples of what could trigger the emergency authority, including major climate event, future pandemic risks, a global digital connectivity disruption, major event in outer space, and generic unforeseen risk, black swan events. It goes to suggest that the UN would have the power to oversee the stakeholders of the world, including academics, governments, private sector actors, and international financial situations to ensure there is a unified global response to whatever crisis declared. Kind of reminds you of the WHO's uh, pandemic treaty that's uh, been updated and coming out more. The UN... The blue helmets, I mean, I know a lot of people since I was young, you know, we hear it all like they're coming, the blue helmets are coming. I'm not saying they're coming, but they're obviously putting things into place 
to take control over any emergency, which we saw kind of a blueprint, maybe soft disclosure, as my buddy Jay would like to say, or practice run, whatever you want to call it, with the lockdowns. And we've seen some of these other climate lockdowns and the key things that they said in it, the triggering events would be a future pandemic, climate events, a major climate event, global digital connectivity disruption, which would probably be like some kind of internet blackout, cyber attack, major event in outer space. Like we've been hearing a lot about comets coming close to the earth in the last two years. So many have come so close and we've had to be careful. Remember the one they had to smash out there. It came close to the earth, but we had to smash it back out there. So to me, they're just telling you the false flags that they're going to pull if they have to. Well, here's something funny with all the talk of AI. We got an artificial intelligence robots tell you when they could run the world better. <laughs> it's a funny clip. I just thought I'd play it. Anyone concerned about the impact that artificial intelligence will have on humankind might be able to sleep a little easier tonight. At the UN's AI for Good Summit in Geneva, nine humanoid robots gathered for the world's first ever human robot press conference. They assured journalists that while they do expect to increase in number and they would make more efficient leaders, they won't steal humans' jobs or so, turn against us. Be happy, guys. They're not going to turn against us. We're all good. But this whole talk of AI is, you know, taking over. They have like a lot of people warning artificial intelligence may lead to humanity's extinction. Industry leaders warn, you know, and there was that whole pause basically so everybody could catch up on the technology because I believe they don't want us to have it. They want us to be deprived from this and they could take the most, they could take the advantages and we won't get them. That's how I see it. The way I see AI taking over is facial recognition is cameras everywhere, uh, going through data, hacking phones and finding geolocations or things like this. This story is a little bit older, but it was Amazon shuts down customer smart home devices after delivery driver false racist claim. Amazon shuts off a man's smart home devices for a week after a delivery driver falsely accused the customer of hurling a racial slur via a doorbell intercom. The tech giant confirmed Thursday. Now, again, this was a, I think this was early June, mid June, something, something around there. You check this article out. It's fascinating because it's those ring doorbells. They pick up all kinds of things. You know, people love them. They can find if someone smashes into their mailbox or someone's stealing packages off of their porch or sometimes it's helped people. You know, they show the, the commercials or the actually not even commercials about it. Really, a lot of the stuff you see is on Facebook and TikTok, all the social media networks. They show people coming and, you know, hey, your dog's out. Hey, you know, the emergency with your son. They're able to get contact. There's good uses of it. I find it invasive. I find it to be like something I don't want. I don't have it at my house. I don't like a lot of the smart home devices. But now Amazon can shut. So imagine your whole home is a smart home. Your locks, uh, your TV, your lights, everything's connected. You, you know, your your heater, your air. All that good stuff is connected. And then somebody falsely claims that you said something racist. Because what happened was after an investigation, after the man like kind of talked, first of all, the dude was black. The dude that got his shit shut down was black. That's one. Second, nobody was home at that time. Nobody was home at all. And I know you could talk to the ring, uh, the, the door, the doorbell and, and tell them like, Hey, I'm not home, blah, blah, blah. But nobody spoke through it. What happened was the delivery driver had headphones in and the ring bell said, Hey, blah, blah, blah. Like no one's home or like some generic message. He heard half of it, took it as a racial slur, reported it. And Amazon proceeded to shut this man's everything on his account for a week until they investigate. This is that ESG shit. This is the thing I think that we need to worry about when it comes to AI. These are the tools that they're going to use against us. It's not necessarily this sentient AI. It's going to be us complying to the AI or being scared of it to where we think it's more intelligent than us. But really, it's who's the user and the nefarious things they're using with it. Another good example is go to this website, who-ears.com. 
Hoopla.com. Who's Ears website. Ears, a Who platform for AI-supported real-time online social listening for COVID-19 conversations. Now, what they're doing is they're finding trends on Twitter and all social media platforms of what people are talking about, what misinformation is, what the proper message should be out there. They were able to monitor and see what everybody's saying and the trends. AI is pushing them in that direction because it's able to sort through data faster than a human being. These are the detrimental things that are being used with AI. That will hurt us. Not that AI is going to kill us because uh, that's the best for our existence. We would do it because we are now presenting AI as some kind of God, some superior being, which I disagree that it's not. But I think it's crazy that the WHO, WHO, has an AI-supported real-time online social media listening device. AI is showing the trends of what everybody's talking about. And these are the things that we got to be aware of. The ESG of spying. That to me is the really what's happening. And you know what? Just because, you know, we got to have something good for it. Let's introduce ESG commercials. How is your company driving long-term value for stakeholders through sustainable business strategies? Cone Resnick brings back the Game Changers in ESG Awards, saluting forward-thinking companies committed to changing the game through environmental, social, and governance principles. To nominate your company, visit ConeResnick.com slash ESG Awards. Cone Resnick, advisory, assurance, tax, helping businesses change the game. Whatever businesses are on that award show, we should probably stay away from because uh, I'm pretty sure they're uh, no good. Another thing I wanted to get into is the propaganda going around about the hottest day, right? It's the hottest day recorded on earth. The hottest day ever on earth. And there's plenty of things that we could show you as an example. But here's a good one right here. This is from ABC. Listen to the beginning. Listen to the propaganda. And listen at the end where they tell you the truth. They hit you with it. But they put it at the end so a lot of people, that all those headline chasers are not going to get it. So play, pay very close attention. Scientists say Tuesday was the hottest day ever recorded on Earth. The average global temperature hit 62.9 degrees, surpassing the previous record set one day earlier. We're going to continue to break records um, as climate change continues until that point where emissions and greenhouse gases are no longer accumulating in the atmosphere. Historic heat has been reported this summer from Quebec, Canada to northern China. In the U.S., more than a dozen heat-related deaths in Texas alone. In Death Valley, California, where temperatures have hit 126 degrees, a man was found dead in his car this week. The low temperature at night, 98. One major factor, the return of El Nino, a natural climate pattern warming the surface of the Pacific, which scientists say when combined with human-caused climate change could very well be a perfect storm. Now, it's important to note when it comes to that record for average global temperature, scientists looked at data that only goes back to 1940. What? 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 So 1940. That's as far back as they go. The hottest day on the earth, yet they don't even go back a full hundred years. That is the propaganda we're talking about. These are the lies that they feed us to get us stuck like, oh no, climate change is going to kill us. Oh no, the world's too hot. That doesn't mean you shouldn't clean the oceans. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try to not throw trash on the ground and be respectful of the earth. You should still do that. You should still clean up your neighborhood, clean up your own yard, clean up your own things. But by no means does that mean that, oh, this is the hottest day ever. I think like one of the records in 1941, there was a huge like ice storm around this. Like there's so many things that have happened in history. We're not even going to go back a whole hundred years. Or what is it like 80 years or maybe it's 90. I'm not sure exactly the math of that. I know it's not a hundred. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just funny. Like how they constantly 
use this stupid double speak and lie to us and tell us, hey, this the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Well, this story right here is definitely going to piss everybody off. I mean, I get it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Some of these stories, I'm like, they have to be lying. Are they playing us? Is it a trick? I'm all for, you know, being cool to people, letting people feel welcomed and you know i'm here i'm there like we're together whatever the hell we want to call it camaraderie now health professionals are urged to call vaginas bonus holes to avoid offending trans or non-binary patients a bonus hole like who came up with that name sound like a frat party right we're at a frat party hey man you good with a bonus hole like it's just crazy like that that's allowed but this is the world we live in at the moment it's peak clown world And now they want people to call vaginas bonus holes. It's absurd. It's funny to an extent, but I understand why it pisses people off. It's like this stranglehold that people have, like you're being non-inclusive because you don't want to call, man, we're going to call a spade a spade. We're going to call it out as it is. Because what we are not about to do is live live this false narrative that people want us to be in. Because when you hear me, Joel, or any of the people that we surround ourselves talking, we we may not have all the answers. Well, we're definitely going to be on here telling you what we think and what should be right. And I think when I come on and I speak, this is what happens. The truth is here. Truth is here. The truth is here. Truth is here. The truth is here. I said what? You know what I mean? Truth is here. But let's end it off. And to me, this is a great story. I had a lot more to talk about, but I don't want to like go too overboard on this first conspiracy gangster. I kind of wanted to lay it out. But let's end it with some good old good news, right? It's about time. We needed some good news. Pedophile gymnast Dr. Larry Nasser left him pool of blood following dose of prison justice. Hey, take the victories you can. It says pedophile sports doctor Larry Nasser, who was convicted of sexually abusing underage female gymnasts, a lot of people, has been stabbed multiple times at a federal prison in Florida, according to reports. Two men familiar with the matter told the Associated Press the attack happened Sunday at United States Penitentiary in Florida. One of the people said Nasser, who was described as a monster by a judge, has been stabbed in the back in the chest. He was sentenced to a decade in prison for raping many young girls, including Olympic medalists. So, you know, take the little victories as you can. Say what you want. Uh, I know some people are against violence. For the most part, I am too. But I, I gotta say, man, this this deserved it. You know what I mean? You get what you got coming to you. And I forgot to play this a little bit earlier, but I have a little clip of Good old Hunter Biden. I guess he's starting a little rap career. He's got his little thing going. So let's check it out. I- I- I'm going to put cocaine in your way. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> I appreciate y'all sticking around, chopping it up with me while we tear down some of these establishment bastards. They're trying to hold us down. Hey, the truth will set you free, man, every single time. Gotta, gotta pay attention to what's going on. I don't have some other things that I want to air out, but this being the first episode, I want to sign off. Don't forget you can check us out every Thursday, Kill the Mockingbirds, on all streaming platforms. Go to killthemockingbirds.com. Sean Chris, Joel Thomas on all streaming platforms. And I am going to go out with a song that I released a couple years ago off of the Stopian Paradise album. It's called Mockingbird Massacre. Check it out. Let me know how you what you think. And uh, peace, y'all. What is it? What What is it about humanity that that, that it wants to go to all the details and stuff and listen? You know, these guys like Fauci get up there and start talking. You know, he doesn't know anything really about anything. And I'd say that like his face. Do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I'm dumb? How you thinking you can pull a fast one? I can see the truth right under your tongue. Are you telling me? Are you telling me now? Is la 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 la
hand selected, skull and bones protected. Dodging the jab, staying alive like the Bee Gees. Warning my people of a modern day Tuskegee. Black Americans injected with syphilis for free health care, and the government didn't give them shit. Flint's water still ain't fixed, yet they gentrify your Motown, keeping the illages rich. MK Ultra, blue check fucks, they don't respect us. Pushing Mockingbird Media agenda. No surrender, no retreat. Blood flowing in the street. The V is both and dead. Fuck peace. Fraudulent Fauci don't know jack shit. Globalists wanna keep the country split. The PCR test was never designed to prove infection. That's where the carry mullets mass deception. Do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I'm dumb? How you thinking you can pull a fast one? I can see the truth right under your tongue. Are you telling me? Are you telling me now is la 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 Northwood to paperclip, human trafficking, evergreen container ship, knights of all art, modern crusades, science is the new religion, compliant, obey, phones tapped by the NSA, Patriot Act, false flag attack, led to the war in Iraq, what a twisted vision, WTC7 building, control demolition, manipulate the men and women for enlistment, that's some Sean King level grifting, climate change, Paris Accord, another scheme by elites that we can afford, Bay of Pigs, Ruby Ridge, bombs planted on the Washington Bridge, hard projects manipulate the forecast, Sinclair Group propaganda broadcast. Do you think I'm stupid, do you think I'm dumb, how you thinking you can pull a fast one, I can see the truth right under your tongue, are you telling me, are you telling me now is la 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 Now is la 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 la